0: My name is Samantha Lewis, and I'm excited to introduce our podcast host today. Leading today's podcast is Jay Heiser, author of the number one operations management title on the market. Today, he's joined by leadership coach, consultant, author, and professional speaker, Katie Anderson.
1: Thank you, Samantha. Today, we have Katie Anderson with us to discuss her bestselling book, Learning to Lead and Leading to Earn. Katie, I've just finished reading your book and I'm excited to have you with us here today to discuss it for our audience. While we devote an entire chapter to introducing readers to lean techniques, our focus is on techniques and less on leadership. Your remarkable book helps us overcome some of that limitation and I thank you. And before you introduce us today to the significant role leadership plays at Toyota and in the Toyota production system and lean generally, can you tell us about your work with Isao Yoshino and his role at Toyota and the Toyota Production System?
0: Thanks, Jay. Well, I'm thrilled to be here having a conversation with you, and I'm really happy to hear that you read and enjoy and got value from the book. Um, and it's it's my been one of my life's great privileges to not only become great friends with, but professional um, collaborators with Isao Yoshino, who is. A forty-year retired forty-year Toyota leader who really spent some many years behind the scenes and really seminal times in Toyota's history from the late nineteen sixties to the early two thousands, and I had the opportunity to meet him uh, months about six months before I moved to Japan with my family for my husband's job. But it was a continuous improvement aficionado and lean practitioner um, and consultant. I was thrilled by the opportunity to go. You know, go to Japan and learn from uh, Toyota leaders from the source. And Mr. Yoshino gave me his card. We met uh, serendipitously at a conference, and he said, "Look me up when you come to Japan, and uh, I'll take you around Toyota City." And what I thought was going to be a -a once-in-a-lifetime interaction or opportunity ended up being one of the most uh, important uh, adult relationships in my in my life. So that, and then later that year, that later over years and years of collaboration, that emerged to our book.
1: Well, I think it's marvelous that you had such a wonderful time with that relationship. And so Yoshino's role was critical in making Toyota's production system work in what we now call mean. Can you elaborate on that a bit for us?
0: Yeah. So Mr. Yoshino would actually say he is not as much of a, you know, a Gemba floor, the shop floor manager and isn't as, as much of an expert in the Toyota production system. But where his expertise comes in is the Toyota management system, the, the Toyota way of leadership. He had a lot of back uh, office roles and uh, in, in leadership and development and also in operations management to help bring in the concepts around leader as coach and how do we do A3 thinking or problem solving thinking using a structured process and really bringing these concepts forward. And he was responsible for the training program uh, for the NUMI joint venture between Toyota and General Motors when they were bringing American frontline managers to Toyota in Japan to learn the Toyota way and the Toyota production system. So his responsibilities, how do you translate concepts across cultures and um, really help people learn a new way of leading and managing?
1: And your follow-up on those comments. Can you expand on the leadership role as a change from one of director to one of purpose and inspiration?
0: Yeah, so during Mr. Yoshino's time, there was an intentional choice by the Toyota executives to move more from the sort of traditional, harsh Japanese, you know, uh, So I guess, you know, I historically set harsh uh, management style to one, we're really flipping the using the hierarchy that is, you know, that's very ubiquitous across all of Japan, but really flipping that with leaders, then becoming that role of coaches and mentors to the people working with them. So instead of asking, you know, people waiting for their boss to give them all the answers, Toyota managers were being taught through their executive teams to set the direction. What's the goal that the group needs to achieve or the individual needs to achieve. And then how are they coaching and providing support while someone goes through the process of coming towards an answer. And that was a real shift um, intentionally by uh, the Toyota senior management in the, in the, especially in the late, in the, in the mid 1970s.
1: Right now, okay. Let's see if you can help me tell how do we make, or how do you help, academics teach their students to make the transition from a director or a supervisor to a motivational inspiring leader
0: yeah so you know I always go back to purpose you know and I I think most of us have a purpose and a desire to help other people achieve more and if we can we can kind of connect with that purpose it helps us stay uh, more grounded in understanding where are the things that we've the habits and the skills that we've learned sort of through our earlier education and um, careers as independent contributors that have been really successful for us being problems that, you know, the person with the right answer and the problem solver, and then shifting that to realize that when you are more in a people development or management role, if you're the one coming in with all the answers, you're not only burdening, burdening yourself with that responsibility, you're really limiting the possibilities. And so I help, Leaders sort of see that that often their what they have thought of what needs to be man, a manager needs to have all the answers actually is not right. A manager needs to help set that what is what is the target that we need to achieve and how do we step back and ask more questions and provide that space for people to grow and develop. Um, and there's times for us to apply our you know our content knowledge as well. But it's starting to holding that space, going back to purpose and understanding not only your personal purpose but what's the purpose of your role. When you're an independent contributor that's different than when you are in a people development or management um, capability
1: now let's let's take it to a bigger picture how do we how do we take the supervisor and build his changing attitude into the culture of the organization yes
0: yeah, so i'll use new me as an example and you know i wasn't i wasn't there at the time but i've heard so much from not only mr yoshino but John Shook, who was the first non-Japanese employee of Toyota Motor Corporation and the founder of, not the founder, but uh, for past president of the Lean Enterprise Institute, who worked for Mr. Yoshino. And, and you know, there's so countless case studies written about Numi. But really, they took those frontline supervisors who came from, generally came from General Motors and had a very harsh con, you know uh, experience and uh, it wasn't in a very good environment. And they showed them a new way by responding differently when there were problems and making it uh possible to truly stop the line and that they weren't going to be blamed or you know shot down and so this helped the supervisors realize wow if i can do that for my teams as well i'm going to achieve so much more and so it's it's through that modeling the 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 more effective behavior and starting to start with a a space where it's okay to make mistakes and that's not a punitive culture that builds then across the organization. So if we can help supervisors um, do that, and also to have the support from their managers when there is a problem and they need help as well, and we respond to it, not from a punitive way, but from a way of like, let's work together to figure out how we can make this work.
1: Maybe you could provide a couple of insider stories on Toyota's history that inspired the Toyota way. Can you tell us some of those
0: One of the ones that resonates the most with people when I talk about it is I call it the paint story. So this is weeks after Mr. Yoshino, who is a 20, this time a 22 year old, you know, college, just recent college graduate joined Toyota and he was assigned, he was had a back office job, but Toyota's philosophy was not um, for, for their orientation program, which is multi-months, was not just to only go to the back office, but to have experiences on the shop floor to really understand the value creation work that the organization had. And so for weeks, he was assigned to the paint shop and his one simple responsibility was to pour a pan, can of paint and a can of solvent into a big vat every few hours. And as the cars came down the line, the paint would get sprayed onto the cars. And he even admits, you know, this was got a little boring after a while. Until one day, one of the frontline managers ran into the paint shop and said, we have to stop the line. Over a hundred cars have to be repainted. The paint was literally not sticking to the cars and dripping down. And here's 22 year old um, Isao Yoshino thinking, "Uh uh-oh, I made a big mistake. And I'm definitely either, you know, something bad's gonna happen but not only did his managers not yell at him or blame him they calmly walked over to him and said show us the process that you took to you know pour the you know to pour the paint into the vat and so he started he poured one can and then the other and it was very clear that he had mixed up he picked up the wrong cans and because they were very e- closely labeled it was easy to make a mistake if you weren't really familiar with the process and the striking thing is In addition to not blaming him or yelling at him or making him feel bad, they thanked him for making this mistake because it highlighted that they, as the managers, had not set up the working conditions for him to be successful. And this is such an impactful story because it wasn't just a one-off experience. He said his other, uh, the cohorts in his orientation program uh, were all having, you know, know, maybe they're working on building the cars and they put on the wrong bolt or something. No one got mad at them. No one yelled at them. And this created such a foundation for him of what the culture of Toyota was like. It was a space where you could, you know, people would help you make sure that if you made a mistake, you weren't going to be yelled at, that there was a system process to be looked at. And it was a manager's responsibility to take responsibility for you know when to setting up the working conditions and uh, make sure that things were done correctly and so that was really inspirational to him and that speaks to how toyota has really been able to create this real people centered learning culture where there's a lot of innovation and experiments and kaizen or continuous improvement because it's okay for people to have these failures that, that aren't in a catastrophic you know place but they're looking at the process and really providing that support. And so I think that's one of the most uh, impactful insider stories uh, there. And then there's some other ones too, around like culture, you know, when they're bringing the, the frontline Americans out to the United, from United States to Japan and some things realizing, you know, that Americans like larger towels than Japanese. And how do you, how do you, Explain these things across cultures that doesn't necessarily make sense to you because you have a different sort of cultural lens. But realizing that if you're going to work across cultures, you also have to seek to understand the reason why. Um, and as Mr. Yoshino pointed out, it's it's helpful to compromise first because that paves the way for greater relationship.
1: Eddie, hey, it's been a fascinating discussion, and I thank you very much for informing me a few minutes today. It's been an excellent edition of the discussion that we have in our textbook, and I appreciate it. Thank you for being with us today. Once again, Katie's book is Learning to Lead and Leading to Learn is available directly from Katie Anderson's website, as well as from via Amazon or your favorite bookseller. Katie, once again, thanks for being with us today.
0: Thanks, Jay. And if people want to connect with me, please reach out on LinkedIn or my website, kbjanderson.com. Thank you very
1: much.